Welcome, birders. This is Ed Pullen, your host on the Bird Banter Podcast, where birders talk birding. I got back from Costa Rica recently, where I got a nice time birding a little bit and visiting with my family a whole lot. And so this has been a little bit of a gap between the last episode and this one. So I am excited to get going again with the podcast. Uh, Everybody I say everybody, almost everybody who listens to NPR radio at all has heard Bird Note. It's that wonderful two-minute episode that goes into depth, yet is quick and to the point about something about birds, about nature, Uh, has a catchy little jingle at the beginning. And when you hear the jingle, you say, oh, good, Bird Note's on, I'm excited. Well, I was walking around uh, Titlow park here in Tacoma the other day uh, and stumbled across a woman who just out for a walk and she asked me what I was looking at and I told her there are some common red poles here and I was just looking for them. She said, oh, I thought you were birding. I said, my husband is the executive director of Bird Note. I said, really? Wow, everybody loves Bird Note. That's cool. I said, do you think he'd be interested in being on the podcast? And she said, oh, I'm sure he would. She gave me his email address and that's how I got hold of Nick Byard. Uh, Nick is the the executive director of BirdNote, and BirdNote is a really cool organization. I learned a lot more about it in preparation for this episode and while I listened and talked with Nick on the episode today. BirdNote is pretty much an independent, not-for-profit, and it produces podcasts that are also used as radio spots. Uh, It has BirdNote Daily, which is what you think of. It has several other longer-form Uh, podcasts. One of them is called Threatened, and the other is Bring Birds Back. And uh, Nick talks about those briefly on the episode today, but you can check those out. And make sure, if you're interested, I'll put in the podcast notes and on the blog post associated with this episode, all you need to know to get get to the uh, Bird Note website, uh, to subscribe to their email listserv, to subscribe to their podcast, that sort of thing. Uh, so I'm really excited to have as my guest on this, this episode of the Bird Banner Podcast, Nick Byard. Help me welcome Nick. Nick, thanks for agreeing to be on the Bird Banner Podcast. A uh, longtime uh, Bird Note fan and stumbled on your wife at uh, at Titlow the other day when I was just walking in the rain and uh, looking for red poles that didn't show up. And she uh, told me that she was married to the executive director of Bird Note. And I says, wow, I should have him on the show. So thanks for doing this. Well, it's great to be here. Yeah. Uh, so Nick, how did how does somebody come uh, come to be the the executive executive director, executive producer? What is your title? Exactly? Uh, executive director. Executive director of uh, BirdNote. It's a, it's a. I mean, everybody knows BirdNote. Anyone who listens to NPR, the, the the catchy jingle and the wonderful little quick little snippets. That even if you don't have any interest in birds, you've got an interest in birds after you listen to them. So, how, right. tell me about that story. Sure. Well, I I first um, fell in love with BirdNote around 2014. My my wife grew up in the area. I grew up in Delaware, and so we moved out here as a family uh, 2014. And I remember pulling into my daughter's daycare center and I heard the theme song on KNKX, a KPOU at the time. Um, and I just, the world kind of stopped for a second. I was like, what is this? This is amazing. Uh, two minutes, you get a, a deep immersive bird experience. You learn something, you get a moment to kind of disconnect from whatever thoughts are chattering around in your head. Um, and you just get to get to have two minutes of um, of joy and joy and wonder of birds. Uh, I thought, what a, what an amazing thing! And um, you know, I I had been um, an environmental educator for a while after um, after my undergraduate studies at Brown uh, in the Teton Science Schools, which is where I first got into birding. 
took a, a few courses uh, on ornithology and, and led, led nature walks for, for high school students. Um, and then actually um, was very much into birding when I was in the Peace Corps in Paraguay. And so I, I led kind of similar things down in, in South America for a little while. Um, and then um, after that, did a lot of work in nonprofits, in education, social services, um, I got into uh, racial equity and policy work, which led me to a government role, the city of Tacoma, um, and all of those things together um, kind of fit with what the, the Bird Note board was looking for, uh, I think, in their next leader. Um, I'm only the second permanent executive director of the organization. We had our, our founder, Chris Peterson, was at Seattle Audubon, and then Sally Bodie was the, the longtime executive director of the nonprofit um, and then I started in November. So it's kind of a, it's a big deal for the organization. Um, I want to do my best to, to honor the, the many years of, of dedicated work that so many people put into this and, and really help take it to the next level. Well, good for you. Good for you and good for them, it sounds like. So that's really cool. Uh, so you, I can't let you get by without a birding in Paraguay. Wow, what a cool place. I have not been to Paraguay. Tell me about that. Yeah. I, so when I was in uh, Wyoming, uh, I was there to basically start some graduate studies on um, environmental education and um, environmental science. And I, I realized that my, um, my understanding of institutions and society uh, was, was too limited for me to kind of continue down that path, at least for me. Um, I wanted to kind of get out and understand the world a little bit better than I did. Uh, so that's why I joined the Peace Corps. And I went, at least at the time, you weren't allowed to choose your own country or project. And so they send you, they give you a packet and they say, here's where you're headed. And I got Paraguay. I didn't even know exactly where it was uh, on the map. Um, I learned that it's one of two landlocked countries in South America. And um, it's, it's one of the poorer countries in the Americas because of its history of having been at war a lot um, over the last 150 years. Um, in ways that have been pretty, pretty damaging. Um, but I was in a 300 person community, a farming community for two years, um, doing environmental education work in the schools. I had a, I had actually had a radio show there called the hummingbirds good news, um, which wasn't about hummingbirds, but we did, we talked about environmental topics and health topics in, in the local language Guarani, um, also in Spanish for the Spanish speaking audience and in this, the bigger cities. Um, and I, I can't say that my birding experience translates much because a lot of the bird names, I never really learned the English names of them, uh, sometimes not even the Spanish names. Um, but I, you know, my, my love of birding was, was nurtured and, you know, I got, got a, lot of, a lot of opportunity to, to see some very cool, some cool elements of the natural world down there. I bet you did. Sounds like a, a true adventure, as many Peace Corps adventures are from people I've uh, talked to who've been on them. But good for you. Good for you. Uh, so you uh, you did some birding when you were younger, too, I think you said uh, uh, when you were back on the East Coast. Yeah. So there's a, a tradition of uh, waterfowl hunting in my family. And I, I was raised in that with, uh, by my dad, who would take me as a kid. And, you know, we'd go out and uh, hunt for ducks in the morning and whether or not it was duck hunting season, we would love to go to the, the, uh, Bombay hook, uh, national wildlife reserve and just watch the birds there. And, um, I, I don't think I've ever seen such majesty of nature as I have 
saying migratory birds pass through that place. Um, you know, I've got some old um, pictures I took from the, I don't know how long, probably mid nineties. Um, and just with an old, not so great camera. And it's just, I mean, the, the colors and the motion and the, the diversity of what we saw there was just really spectacular. Yeah. So it's um, my, my love of the outdoors, I think um, started there, but also just really started with a curiosity about what was in my backyard. Um, I was always drawn to frogs and turtles and, and the love of birds, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to be outside and not, um, not pay attention to birds, at least in my experience. I think you're right. Uh, Bombay Hook brings back fond memories. I, uh, oh gosh, when my kids were in the third and fourth grades, this is a long time ago, uh, I, I managed to get a month off in the summer and we did a, a travel trip. We started in Washington, D.C. and did the Smithsonian stuff, but I was a birder and we mm. made a little foray to Bombay Hook and it was probably July. It was hot and the, the green biting flies there. Oh my mm. goodness. It was wicked. Bitten, but I got my seaside lifer seaside sparrow there, and we had a nice little trip through a Bombay hook. So that's a kind of out of nowhere. I was not expecting to hear Bombay hook today. So very cool, very cool. Uh, so now you're with Birdnote. Birdnote is a it's more than just an organization that puts up the wonderful little uh, uh, very short snippets on on NPR. Uh, tell me about the whole organization. What other things do you do, and and how does it happen? Sure. Um, so we have uh, some different productions that we are involved. We we create uh, Birdnote Daily is the name of the what I think most people think of as Birdnote is actually mm-hmm. a, it's a podcast called Birdnote Daily that goes out to about 250 public radio stations across the country um, and is broadcast daily, as you might guess, uh, as you mentioned. And and then we've got we've really started getting into podcasts four or five years ago. And two of those podcasts have risen to the point where we're, we're continuing them and, and investing a lot more in them. Uh, one of those podcasts is called Threatened. And that is a podcast about um, birds that are un- under threat. And we, um, we've got s- really good um, producing and reporting. Um, we, our host is Ari Daniel for that program. And he uh, has traveled all over and interviewed folks in different different parts of the country um, on not just ornithology and, and bird science, but how have how has human activity um, impacted birds in a certain place uh, and, and, and how ha- what influence have birds had on people? Um, there's a really uh, powerful one I thought um, was on plantation ecology and he interviewed a, um, a very well-known amazing um, author and ornithologist uh, called, named Dr. J. Drew Lanham. And uh, they, they spent some time in what was a formerly a slave plantation talking about the history of that plantation and how the, you know, the birds they're hearing in the podcast are probably the same birds that enslaved people heard and the, the power of that history. And um, I think it's important to link those things together. And I think that has connected with a lot of listeners um, and it's, it's put that podcast really up, up there in terms of, um, in terms of listenership. And then the other podcast we have is called bring birds back. And that's a podcast hosted by Tanija Hamilton, who is, was relatively new to birding at the time that she started. But what's really cool about it is that she models her entry point into birding for people. And she's just talking about her own journey 
as she's learning. So she's interviewing people about uh, issues that impact birds um, and at the same time kind of reflecting how what that means to her as a, as a relatively new birder. And now we're going into the second season of that. Uh, I'm going to launch that. We're going to launch that in, in May, which is really exciting. You know, the other really meaningful th- part of that podcast is that uh, tonight is just a black woman and she's um, bringing visibility to some of the issues around um, lack of representation in birding and in the environmental movement um, and, and in public media as well. And um, she, she talks about on about that on, on some of the episodes. Um, and we're partnering with some of the some of the organizers of Black Birders Week um, to do a couple of bird note dailies this um, this year uh, during the Black Birders Week uh, week, which is exciting. Um, so anyway, you asked about the podcast. So maybe yeah, that, that no, you're perfect. Uh, so Nick, those those are two podcasts you mentioned. Uh, both uh, threatened and bring back, bring birds back. Uh, if somebody wanted to listen to those, are those specific podcasts you could subscribe to like an Apple podcast or are they part of a bigger thing you subscribe to bird note? How, how does that, uh, you know, how's that work? Sure. They are like any other podcast, you go in and um, subscribe on any, whatever your listening platform is. A lot of people find us through Apple podcasts, mm-hmm. um, different people have different. Um, sure different ways of finding their podcasts, but uh, bird note daily is going to be, you know, hopefully on, on an NPR station near you. If not mm-hmm. contact your local NPR station and tell them you'd like them to play bird note. And then our website is a great place to make sure you're getting everything because there's a listen tab where you can literally hear everything. It'll tell you how to sign up for the podcasts. Um, and you can literally just listen through our entire archive. Um, I'd say probably almost our entire archive, um, dating back 17 years. Yeah, podcasts seem like a perfect platform for an organization like yours. Uh, you know, people, people, my people, me, everyone uh, nowadays is uh, pretty much a want it when you want it sort of mentality. You know, you want to listen to five hours of NPR hoping to tune in at the right time to get bird note. You just want to listen to bird note for half an hour and which I did the other day in the car and you know, listen to the last 15 or 20 episodes. It's a pretty darn cool way to do it. Uh, there, there was a podcast called Grouse. Uh, yeah, Grouse. It's about the, the sage grouse. Wasn't that one of yours? Seems That's a good like question. It, um, I, I, it was about it was an eight episode series about uh, greater sage grouse in the West and ranchers and all of that. Somehow I thought that was part of MP, maybe it's just part of NPR. Maybe it wasn't part of uh, Burnout. Anyway, I'll, I'll look that up and answer that sometime if, later. Yes. If that was, that was a couple of years before my time. It, 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 was, it, was, it was, it was, yeah, two, three years ago, something like that. Okay, cool. So what, uh, what do you see going forward for your role at uh, Burnout? And what do you see uh, for Burnout going forward? What uh, directions are, are you, is your organization taking? Well, we want to harness, continue to build on the love that so many people have for, for BirdNote and, and what we've done over the years. And while we do that, we want to grow in a way that helps us be more inclusive and reflective of, of our country, really. Um, it's, most of our listeners are in, in North America and in the United States. Um, we'd like to see that grow. But within, within the United States, we are really committed to uh, expanding the diversity of voices that we feature on BirdNote Daily. You know, we've, we've, we, 
we love our longtime narrators. Um, and we've also created an open pitch process so that folks who want to pitch Birdnote, a story, either a script, a story, or some interviews that, that they're proposing that they do, it's a good way for us to learn about and get to know independent producers who can bring diversity of perspective to, to the storytelling. It's, it's important that we really lean into this, this work to become more reflective as a staff and as an organization, because historically speaking, in, in conservation and in public media, um, the, the demographics skew older and white. And that just doesn't, it's not a recipe for long-term success in terms of building any kind of successful coalition to, to protect and conserve the environment and, and you know, the birds that, that inhabit it. So we're committed to really um, doing a, a lot of listening, a lot of um, breaking down of silos and working to really create programming that more audiences can connect with so that people can hear themselves when they, when they tune into BirdNote, they can connect to the experiences of people who are, are telling the stories. Um, so that's, that's really important to us. And one of the really exciting things we're doing this year is we're going to be piloting some Spanish language programming on, for BirdNote Daily and for, um, for Threatened, Threatened podcast. And so we're going to, that'll be the first, first time we've done that as an organization. And that has a lot of potential because that, that opens up, you know, the entire Americas and uh, almost wouldn't say the entire Americas, but it, um, it certainly opens up a lot of um, more potential listeners. For sure. And for people, I'm uh, studying Spanish. My daughter lives in Costa Rica. I am really trying to learn Spanish and that'll be one more way I can listen to it. That'll be great. I'm excited great. about that. <laughs> Very cool. Uh, when I was looking through your website for contributors, gosh, it was like a, like a, a comeback times to, to my podcast. I had Dennis Paulson was uh, on my uh, podcast as a friend and was on my podcast for an episode 68. And then Tom Bancroft, I didn't realize Tom was one of your science, science reviewers or authenticators or something like that. Uh, nice advisors. Advisors, yes. Now, what? Gosh, I didn't know Tom until I was on the WASP board. He was a secretary when I joined the board at WASP. And what a smart and thoughtful guy. Oh, my goodness. Just really, and, you know, just in the background, quiet, you know, unassuming, but just really smart. That was, yeah, good, good for you guys to have him on board. We've been really lucky to have some really talented folks, um, you know, throughout the entire experience of the organization. Um, and we just, we just turned 17 years old uh, last month, which is, which is pretty cool. Sounds like a perfect intro. Tell me about how, how uh, BirdNote got started. I sort of read a little bit on, on Wikipedia, which is uh, obviously not the authoritative source for things, but uh, it sounds like a pretty cool story of how BirdNote got started and how it's come to be where it is now. Yeah, well, it, it really, the, the, the moment of inspiration was our, our founder, Chris Peterson, uh, I believe the story goes uh, that she was listening to Stardate and immediately had this flash of th there needs to be this, you know, this kind of thing for birds. And it was as, as clear and, and quick as that. And then she worked with a um, producer named John Kessler, who's still with the organization and um, Joey Cohn at, at what was KPLU at the time to launch this thing um, out of the Tacoma, Seattle area which is very cool because it's where I happen to, to live also. And, um, and from there, they, they 
basically launched it on that radio station. And then it grew over the years to more stations and more stations and more stations until it eventually now it, um, we've got pretty amazing coverage uh, across 250 stations, uh, always looking to grow more. But um, but we have, you know, we estimate about three million listeners of the of the Daily Show. Whenever I have NPR, it's always like, oh, good, bird notes on. <laughs> so it's like a little little uh, excitement that you stumble across that. Yeah. Um, and so it was neat to be able to announce um, my new job because everybody, it was sort of a who's who of, of my entire life coming out of the woodwork and saying, oh my gosh, I love bird note too. And um, I didn't realize the extent of people in my friends and family circle that, uh, that, that love the program. Uh, so that was a very cool, um, a, you know, a very cool realization. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how many people when they've learned that I'm a bird to say, Oh, do, have you ever heard bird note? <laughs> that's, that is a lot of people. That is what birding is, is. I mean, that's the, that's their link to the birding community. So I, I did a notice. Uh, I was surprised, I guess, somehow I thought you're, you're an NPR uh, bird note must be funded by national public radio. And, uh, not at all. I mean, hardly at all. I, I saw that you, it looked like 70% of your funding comes from individual contributors. I was like, holy mackerel. And if you count the, the major gift uh, folks and, and family foundations, it gets to be much higher than that. Um, so yeah, that, thanks for bringing that up. You know, we are pretty much exclusively funded by grassroots giving. And so just because we happen to have slots on public radio stations, um, we, we, we have to raise all the money to do that work. Um, and so one of the things I would, um, you know, ask that, that folks consider is, um, I guess first signing up for our email listserv is a great way to kind of learn about what's going on with BirdNote and how you can get involved. Um, we also have just like, just like public radio, and just like a lot of nonprofits, we've got regular giving options. So if you love bird note and you want to give 20 bucks a month, um, that really helps us because it helps us sort of plan things out um, and know that, okay, we've got a, a base of, you know, loyal, regular contributors that are going to help us. And, and, and we know that we can, we can plan for that um, as opposed to having a few, you know, big grants or something that, that might run out at a certain time. So um, that's really one of the most meaningful things that folks can do is, um, you know, set up some kind of monthly support uh, for BirdNote. And I'd, I'd really encourage folks to, to think about that if they're, if, they're, if they're willing. Yeah, that's a great suggestion. But I mean, I, I'm guessing, and I could be wrong, but I, the thought never crossed my mind. I didn't even know BirdNote was an organization. I just thought it was part of NPR. <laughs> I mean, until I, until I stumbled on your wife in the park, it was like, huh, bird note is just an organization. And heck, I'm from this area. I should know that. But I mean, people in Delaware listening to this or in Oklahoma listening to this, there's no way in the world they would know that. It is. It's a really interesting point. Um, I think a lot of people don't realize that because there's not really a, a, a way to know. I mean, as a listener, um, the sort of uh, how, how everything gets made isn't, isn't necessarily all that clear in it things are so seamless on public radio, like one program and then another, then another. And, and we don't, uh, we don't engage in sort of the, you know, the spring kind of and fall fundraising campaigns that a lot of the, um, the, the public radio stations uh, engage in. We have our own campaigns. We run 
for, for our email subscribers and, and uh, social media followers. We can definitely highlight that fact a little bit more. Um, and I think it'll help us. Um, but it because, would. Yeah. Go ahead. I, I'll make sure that I have a blog post I put up associated with each episode and Chris podcast notes. I'll, I'll figure out what this email listserv is and put a link to it or something like that in the podcast notes. So oh, anyone great. who wants to do that can, can find that more easily than it's not too tough, I'm sure, but more easily than uh, won't even have to try. It'll be right there. <laughs> great. I appreciate that. Good. Uh, so I, I, your wife said that, uh, you know, you and you and your family are kind of into birds. So you have, a, it sounds like you have children. We have a three-year-old, a six-year-old and a 19-year-old. Oh my goodness. A you've got, age gap. Yeah, yeah, you've got children. So as does the family, yeah. uh, uh, I didn't have much luck getting my kids into birding, but uh, maybe you've had more luck. How's that gone? Um, you know, the, the cool thing about birding is that, um, there's not necessarily like a, a start date and an end date. You can, it can come and go and you can be into it for a week and put it aside for a week and, and come back. For me, I, I was very deeply into it for, for years. And then starting a family and doing career changes, um, it just wasn't able to pay as much attention, um, until, till the last couple of years. Um, and so I've, I've gotten to watch my six-year-old daughter. I think right now she's the most into birds of any of any of our kids, just because of her age. Um, she's really doing well with her reading now. And so she can read the bird books and find them outside. Um, mm -hmm. she likes to go outside with me for, for, for bird walks. And that's just, just one of the most, you know, one of the most special things I, you know, i I find I can do with my kids. We, um, even when we don't see anything, uh, it's like, we get to go and take a walk and, um, yeah. be observant. Um, and that's just a big, a big gift right now. We've got, um, Anna's hummingbirds have been swarming. The we've got black cap chickadees and red breasted nuthatches kind of going wild on this feeder out here. And it's been fun to, uh, kind of watch my daughter enter into it. Our, our youngest son is uh, three. And so his attention span is not quite what mm -hmm. our six-year-old says. Um, yeah. uh, so it's been fun. And I, I just, I don't, I don't put any pressure on anybody to create a list or do it a certain way, because sure. I know that people kind of need to find their own, their own way to do it. I, I had a bird list of, of about 500 birds in Paraguay that was tragically lost. And I've had to like work through the pain of that. And I just, I don't, I don't want to put that kind of, I don't know, pressure on my kids to feel like they have to create a list or do it a certain way. Just, just try to find the joy in it. Yeah. Have fun. Enjoy it. That sounds yeah. like great. I'm not sponsored by anybody. I do this totally for fun, but there is, I did discover from one of my guests uh, a long time ago uh, that there are these really cool kids binoculars out there now. Uh, Ka Kawa has some binoculars, 630, six by 30 bins, uh, designed by a dad who, uh, I think might've worked for them or something and couldn't find a good pair of bins for his kids. So he and another inventor sort of guy got together and, and designed these binoculars, especially for kids. The eyes go close together so you can see them. The, just a little bit of focus back and forth, but top quality optics and they're affordable and they're, you know, you can throw them against the wall and pick them up and they still work. Uh, wow. And 
they are just, I, I, I bought several pair to give to people's kids. And I gave them to my kids who are adults who travel a lot because they're lightweight and you can travel. So anyway, if when your kids get old enough for bins, uh, uh, I'll, uh, I'll send you an email with a link to how to get those. They're really cool. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, birding with kids is one of the joys in life, I have to say. Uh, I've, uh, you know, had a chance to get out and do that, both of my kids and uh, my girlfriend's grand grandchildren, and it's uh, totally fun. Good for you. Nick, did you have anything you wanted to make sure you mentioned before we close out here? Uh, I would love for folks to uh, follow us on social media. We, uh, we do, I think, a, a, a pretty good job of posting you know, great stories and, and great photos uh, pretty regularly on Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Are, are uh, you at BirdNote on most of those things? or Pretty much. Or at BirdNote Radio would be the other okay. handle. Um, and then um, would, would love for folks to, to just get engaged, whether that means coming to our website, birdnote.org, and listening every once in a while, uh, signing up for our emails. Um, if, if there are folks out there with great ideas, they want to pitch, um, visit our pitch page and, and send in your ideas. Um, and just, you know, we want to be part of an overall growth in the, in the diversity and engagement of, of the birding community uh, across the country. And so uh, I guess whatever that means to you, whoever is listening, um, whether that means reaching out, listening, contributing, following us on social media, um, encourage any, any or all of that now or in the future. And even, even just having fun listening. I mean, cause I have to no. say you, you are top quality stuff, your product. So I really appreciate it. Nick, thanks so much for being on the podcast when they really appreciate it. Always fun to get a different perspective. Uh, and I appreciate what you're doing. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Ed. Well, that was fun. Nick Byard, super nice guy uh, and a really fun guest. I hope you enjoyed that. Who doesn't like BirdNote? I mean, BirdNote Daily. BirdNote Daily is, uh, you know, whenever it comes on an NPR, my face lights up and I smile, and I think everyone else does too. Uh, so it was really fun to hear some of the backstory about BirdNote. Uh, and again, I did not realize that it's kind of a standalone, not-for-profit. I guess I just assumed it was on, since it was on NPR, it was supported by your tax dollars and mine through National Public Radio, but just the opposite, not funded hardly at all through uh, tax dollars. And really gives back to gives back to us all uh, through its wonderful podcast. So uh, think about uh, think about what Nick suggested and uh, and be more in tune with Bird Note and its various various things that it does. I'll make sure in the podcast notes are links to everything you need to know to find out what you want to learn. Uh, so thanks again for listening. Until next time, good birding, good day.